Hello, and welcome to Ancient Words, the Bible teaching podcast from Jerry Crow Ministries. My name is Jerry Crow, and I will be your teacher as we study the Word of God together. And now, today's lesson. Well, hello everyone and welcome back. Before we begin today, I wanted to say thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate everyone that listens to this podcast. Um, we do have some exciting news coming up in the near future. Um, working on a couple of book projects, just waiting on a few things for that. Um, really excited about those things. So just keep listening we'll keep you updated on those and we'll keep you apprised as to how you can find out more about those books and how you can keep in touch with us where you can learn more so let's get started today now over our next couple of times together we're going to be taking a look at this large chunk of the sermon on the mount that Jesus delivered to the people who were gathered. Today we're going to be looking at chapter 5, verses 21 through 37. Next time we will look at chapter 5, verse 38, through chapter 6, verse 4. And I know this sounds like a lot of verses to take in at one time, but let me assure you, they all deal with the same underlying theme, and that is the matter of the heart. In other words, we will be looking to answer the question over the next two studies together. What is in your heart? For those who have not taken the time to listen to the last three episodes, please go do that as soon as you get a chance. Uh, Today's study will fall right in line with the last one, but it can stand alone also, so you you won't be missing anything. If you haven't heard the last three in this series. But at the same time, I think you will be greatly helped by those studies as well. And it would be outside of my nature to not point you in the direction of our previous studies together. Before we get started today, let us have a quick word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for your holy word, for your precious son, and for the spirit you sent to help us open our eyes to see our ears to hear and our hearts to understand what your word says to us today we ask this in the name of jesus christ our lord amen if you were listening to this study today in a setting where you are able to take out your bible and a notebook and pen or pencil i invite you to do that now If you're not listening where you can do that, please stay safe and listen carefully. As I said earlier, we're going to be taking a large piece of the scripture today. So please turn, if you're able, to Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says you fool 
shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you over to the judge, the judge hand you over to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Furthermore, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Again you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Jesus now begins to expound on the true interpretation of the law. What he is telling those who are gathered around is that the law is not about fulfilling a bunch of rules outwardly, but that the true heart of the law is to get down to the heart of the believer and to the essence of the inner man. So we're going to work our way through this passage of scripture and pull as much out of it as we can in our time today. Verse 21, it says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. We all know that this is true. Murder is an horrendous sin that carries with it a just punishment. Even in our days, there are many places that still carry the death penalty for murder. That was the penalty for murder under the law of God. Those who commit murder should be put to death. That is still the case in many places today, and even in where it's not, still the punishment for committing murder fits the crime, fits the sin. But what does Jesus say? He says, But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. 
Jesus tells us that murder is not just the outward act of taking someone's life, but it is also being angry at someone without a cause. I wonder how many of us have ever been angry at someone and when we looked back at the situation we realized that our anger was not justified. Perhaps we were angry because of some perceived injustice or an imagined wrong but when we examined the situation again we found that our, un that, that our anger was just unjustifiable did did we repent of that anger if not Jesus says we are no better than and worthy of the same judgment as someone who commits murder and he goes on and whoever says to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council, but whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Raka means worthless or empty. So what Jesus is trying to tell the people and us is that it is contrary to the law of God to call someone a fool or to call them empty-headed or worthless. To do so is to endanger yourself of the fires of hell itself. I want us all to take a moment right now and repent of this sin that I know at some point in time we have all committed. Father God, forgive us for calling others or perhaps even ourselves a fool, empty-headed, or worthless. Forgive us of this sin and empower us by the Holy Spirit to live a life closer to you. Amen. And he goes on, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Have you ever been praying or maybe trying to enter into worship? And it, it seems like there's a brick wall between you and God. You see, we do not offer sacrifices on the altar today, but we do offer up praise and worship and prayer to God. And sometimes we may need to stop and go and ask someone for forgiveness before we can enter into the presence of Almighty God with a pure heart. Now, let me just say, if you do this and the other person does not forgive you, you have a higher authority than that person in the Lord Jesus Christ. If for some reason you seek reconciliation with a brother or sister and you go to them in true repentance, but they do not receive you, then you can take that matter before the Lord and let him work on their heart. At, their, at that point, there is no reason... For you to carry the guilt for that situation any longer the ball is in their court so to speak but you must be reconciled you must do your part to seek reconciliation 
That's what Jesus is telling us. He goes on, Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you over to the judge. The judge hand you over to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. These verses have to do with settling matters without going to the court of law. In other words, Jesus is telling his people not to be quick to sue one another, and also to take matters, to take care of matters of financial responsibility, such as loans, so that you do not get sued. We will see a little bit more on this in verse 40 when we get there next time. But Jesus is calling his people to be people of integrity. And again, we'll see more of this in later verses. Verse 27. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. Adultery was another sin that was absolutely forbidden under the Mosaic law. It was so heinous that those who were caught in adultery were to be taken out and put to death. Imagine for a minute, if you can, how different our world would be today if this was still the law of the land. I think there are a lot of people everywhere who are breathing a sigh of relief that adultery is no longer punishable by death, but I think if we could see the heart of God, we would know that he will not be so relaxed when it comes to this matter in the end. You see, some people confuse adultery and fornication. So let, let me just clear it up for you. Fornication is sexual immorality between two unmarried people. It's still wrong. Adultery is sexual immorality between two people where at least one of the people involved is married to someone outside of the adulterous relationship. Today we water it down just like we do a lot of other sins and call it having an affair. I think if we called it and every other sin exactly what God calls it in the word, people might be a little less likely to act so indifferently toward one another. Verse 28, he says, But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now Jesus strikes at the heart of the matter again, quite literally. And I want to make one quick observation about this verse that often gets overlooked when people preach on this passage. You see, Jesus made this statement two millennia before the miniskirt was invented. Jesus made this statement centuries before women started wearing blouses that were low cut or showed their midriff or laid off their shoulders or accentuated their bodies in any way. Jesus made this statement at a time in history when the men and women both wore long tunics as their everyday dress. So this idea that the clothes that a woman wears causes a man to do anything to her is a lie from the pit of hell. Jesus tells us right here that it is an issue of the heart, not of anything going on on the outside. 
And as we continue reading, Jesus tells us how we should deal with these issues in, our, in ourselves. He says, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Jesus tells us to deal with ourselves rather harshly. That is truly the only way we can dig out the roots of this kind of sin in our lives. Now, are we to literally pluck out our eye or cut off our hand? You know, honestly, I don't know. I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. I think what he is saying is that we are to do whatever it takes to avoid sin in our lives. And that may mean that we have to go to some extreme measures in order to accomplish this task. Some people may ridicule you for your decisions. But it is better to suffer now for making the right choices than to go to hell later for failing to make them. Verse 31 Furthermore, it has been said, Whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, that whoever divorces his wife, for any reason except sexual immorality, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Let me just tell you something about God. It is no secret that marriage is the oldest institution in the world. Going all the way back to Adam and Eve, with God himself officiating their ceremony. But it is also no secret that God hates divorce. You see, divorce is an end to the lifelong covenant relationship that God ordained for a man and woman to enter into. And it literally rips those two who have become one flesh. It rips them apart, causing a divide which can never be bridged and a wound which can never be fully healed. That is why God said that he hates divorce because of the pain that it causes to those who are involved. And here Jesus gives us the only legitimate reason for divorce, and that is sexual immorality. The reason for that is this. The married partner who commits sexual immorality while still married has left that relationship long before he or she made that decision and broke the covenant of marriage, leaving the other person who remained pure, free from any sin, and free to meet, remarry without judgment. And if you found yourself in that situation, my heart goes out to you, and I know it's hard. You just continue to pray, and you push into God, and He will heal you may not feel like it, but he will. Don't give up.
Just keep pushing forward. Keep praying. Stay in your word. Don't give up. Verse 33. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. I wonder how many of us remember our Shakespeare. When the infatuated hormonal teenagers are throwing their words of undying love back and forth at one another, and Romeo says, Lady, by yonder blessed moon I swear, that tips with silver all these fruit tree tops. And Juliet stops him mid-sentence with, Oh, swear not by the moon, the inconsistent moon, that monthly changes in her circled orb, lest that thy love prove likewise variable. And Romeo continues desperately trying to find some object on which he can swear and thereby declare his love for this girl that he has known for a few hours, while Juliet tells him again and again not to swear at all or by anything. In a much broader sense, that is what Jesus is saying in these verses. Do not swear an oath by anything at any time. Instead, and again, be people of integrity. When you say you will do something, do it. When you say well, you will not do something, don't do it. That's what Jesus is saying. He says when you say yes, let it mean yes and nothing else. When you say no, let it mean no and nothing else. It is as simple and as complicated as that. And that is all I have time for today. Be people of integrity. That's what Jesus is saying. Search your heart. Or better get like God search your heart. Let the word search your heart. And he'll let you know. What needs to be changed. Next time we'll be looking at the rest of this chapter and through the first four verses of the next chapter. Which will set us up to look at prayer in the study following that one. Which I'm very excited for. These are some really great verses. They are full of wisdom and practical instruction for us in our everyday living. Now remember that our study together is so that you can open the Word and examine it for yourself. And I don't ever want you to take my Word as the complete truth. I am only a man after all. Only the Word of God and the God of the Word are infallible. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for our time together. We thank you for allowing us to open your word together and learn of you. Write your word on the tablets of our hearts and continue to pour out your love and grace upon us as we seek your face. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now before you go, I want to thank you for listening and downloading this podcast. 
If you were blessed by today's study, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen. This will help us grow and reach more people. Like I said earlier, we have some exciting news coming up soon. Please remember to check back on our website or on our Facebook or Twitter for any announcements. Like I said, I've got a couple of book projects that I'm working on. You don't want to miss them. We can be found on major social media platforms at Crow Ministries. That's C-R-O-W Ministries. M-I-N-I-S-T-R-I-E-S. Also, with the addition of podcasts to Facebook, you can now follow our page there and have access to this podcast feed at all times. Again, we are on major social media platforms at Crow Ministries. Also, if you would like more information about our ministries, you can go to www.jerrycrowministries. That's J E R R Y C R O W Ministries.com. Here you can check out our blog and other resources. Our book will, books will be available there also. If you're able, we would appreciate any financial offering you're able to make to the ministry on our donate page. You can give securely through PayPal and all money received will go directly to the ministry. Also, please join us in praying for this ministry and the people who listen to this podcast. We have listeners all over the world. And it is only by the grace of God and the prayers of people like you we are able to reach across so many national borders. I am amazed every time I look at how many different countries people are listening to this podcast. So thank you. May God bless you richly in the mercies of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Until next time. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to Ancient Words, the Bible teaching podcast from Jerry Crow Ministries. We hope that you are encouraged by the Word of God. Remember to take a moment and look up today's scriptures and dig into the Word for yourself. For more information about Jerry Crow Ministries, please go to www.jerrycrowministries.com. There you can find information about the ministry, contact information, and catch up on some of our latest writings. Tune in next time for more biblical understanding. May God bless you and keep you in our Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit.